Elizabeth Aspen Leader is the communications director, artistic associate, and one of the lead actors in Shakespeare and Company, which is... Which is 36 years old in Lenox, Massachusetts, and it's Shakespeare and Company because it's not just Shakespeare. The company part is new works, contemporary works, and also company as in family. Welcome to the Bibliophile. Thank you. Wonderful to be here. First question, why should a literary tourist visit here? You know, there's, there are so many different things happening at Shakespeare and Company, and the Berkshires is steeped in literature. Some of the world's most well-known writers wrote here, Nathaniel Hawthorne, Herman Melville, Fanny Kemble, Edith Wharton. Edna St. Vincent Millay. So many people. I mean, you yeah. can just go on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the contemporary writers... Joan Ackerman, she's, I think she's written, gosh, a couple of dozen plays. She's a very well-known writer in this area and in L.A. and across the country. There's something to be said about this, this place. I remember there's a story about there was an annual trip that Edith Wharton would take with uh, Melville and Hawthorne, and they would hike up Monument Mountain. If you get a chance, it's a stunning hike. They would come from the city, they would come for the summer, the summer months, and they would get together, and they would just, it was a chance for them, it was a melting pot, I think, of ideas back then, at the turn of the century, and it still is. Some of Edith Wharton's greatest works have been adapted into plays by one of our founders, Dennis Krosnick, who's also our director of training. He's adapted over 25 of her novels into plays. Ethan Frome, which is set in the stark backdrop of the Berkshires, and very, uh, it's a harsh, harsh play, but very realistic. It's touching, it's moving, it's heartbreaking. I mean, there really is something for everyone. It's not, it, and Shakespeare, of course, is alive and well. 450 years this coming February, and still, the themes, the language, there's not a single emotion that Shakespeare has put into his plays that we can't relate to today. So nothing has changed. And, and our audiences respond to it. And they have been, in Shakespeare and Company's case, for years. But the Mount, Edith Wharton's old estate, has tours going through it all yeah. the time. There's talks, there's lectures, there's theater. Nathaniel Hawthorne's place, Herman Melville's place. And you know when Herman Melville, he couldn't, this is the story, he couldn't get Moby Dick published. Nobody would publish it. During his lifetime, it wasn't recognized. Exactly. Yeah. And so he did this, the self-publishing, and which was unheard of back then. Mm. Well, Walt Whitman did Walt, too. Yes, but, right, right. But, but very few, the brave ones. And now, I mean, everybody's self-publishing. Uh, and they feel ashamed of it, and yet they shouldn't. They be. shouldn't. I think it's, it's wonderful. It's taking the initiative. It's just putting your energy out there and saying, look at what I've done. Mm-hmm. So there's a story that he invites um, Hawthorne to this book launch party, to this publishing party, and it's at the Curtis Inn, big old inn in the center of Lenox, which is now uh, apartments and, and condos. But it's still the same building? It's the same building. It's beautiful. You'll okay. have to see it in the center okay. of town. The Curtis yeah. Inn is still there. And Hawthorne was very, very shy. He kept to himself. People would see him. The stories are you'd see this man because he would walk in, into town. He lived just by Tanglewood, which is about a mile and a half from here. So he'd walk the mile and a half and wearing all black. And if somebody would come on a horse and wagon, he would hide behind a tree, did not want to socialize. And somehow he and, and Melville formed this bond, this amazing bond, and there were letters written back and forth. That's a whole other wonderful, wonderful story. So uh, he invited Hawthorne to this big party to celebrate the publishing of uh, Moby Dick at the Curtis Hotel. And he gets there and this is big grand affair. He's wearing his tux and his tails, and it's white glove service. Everything's beautiful. And he says, Melville, my boy, where, where is everyone? He said, oh, 
it's just you. It's just <laughs> you, Nathaniel. So it was just the two of them that had yeah. this infamous dinner celebrating his... I was going to say, because book. that didn't ring true while no. I was listening, and I was saying, if yes. he's having to self-publish, there's probably not a lot of people there. Exactly. Right. So uh, right. they had a, a very um, provocative, interesting relationship. Uh, there have been uh, several playwrights in the area who have you know, done research and found the letters uh, that they wrote back and forth. There really isn't a stone that you, you know, turn over that you don't find some little wonderful juicy tidbit about the writers of this area of the time. Right. Well, that's the nice thing. A literary tourist, typically, there's oh. a variety of different things that, right. that they can do. They can mm-hmm. go to a, a bookstore and search out some of some of the earlier editions of their work. They can go to the house, as you've said, and sort of breathe in that atmosphere, mm-hmm. check out the, the poet's walk. That's right. Get the, the, the vibe of the place. Mm-hmm. And then go to the theater, which is where we are uh, right now in Lenox, which is between... Albany and Springfield, right? Right. Inside oh. Massachusetts, right? Exactly. Yeah. And this area is called the Berkshires. And okay. it's yeah, steeped in cultural tourism. All the New Yorkers, Bostonians, Rhode Island, they all, uh, they all come here. Okay. So now I want to get philosophical for a minute or more. The theater here, Shakespeare mm-hmm. and Company, is rooted in ideals of inquiry, balance, and harmony. So what does that mean? Well, it's bringing together those very things. When I see a play, when I walk away from a play, hopefully it's a play that inspires conversation, debate, questions, talking, and through theater, that quote from Shakespeare, to hold a mirror up to nature and see ourselves and the harmony that happens between the actor and the audience, which is very different. You'll see tonight at Shakespeare and Company, all the seats are bench seats there aren't any arms in between it because Mm. it's the audience starts breathing together the audience starts moving together or if you turn some somebody's right beside you which really was like the The groundlings the groundlings the tricycle and the cottesloe theaters in london were designed by the same fellow ian mcintosh who designed this theater it's all um pipe and canvas and it can be converted in five different ways, but it's always open. The audience is always moving. So there is the breath coming in and out. There is, there is that harmony. There are notes of dissonance, and, and hopefully the play resonates the, with the audience to really bring home that what the Elizabethans did. They went to hear a play. You know, They wanted to hear it, so it's about the spoken word. And back then, the Bible, that was the reading, and not everybody could read. In, very, in fact, very few people could read. And so they would go to hear a play. And that really is one of the reasons why I think Shakespeare is still so accessible today. Is because, as I said earlier, you know, the language, the emotions, we can all connect to it today, you know, 450 years later, that the feeling of, you know, inquiry, you're, you, you want to know what's going on. And mm. you can relate. In, in almost every single play I've read, and it's almost all of them, almost every single line can be interpreted in a, a variety of different ways. So Absolutely. you talk about inquiry. Oh. You can have an, an interesting discussion that'll last for hours oh. over, <laughs> you know, one person's soliloquy. But soft, what light through yonder window breaks. And what is the light? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? And yeah. why, why is it but soft? And so many plays that I've read, modern plays, contemporary plays, mm. when you read a line of text and you take a breath at the end of the line, it takes you on to the next line, and the next thought comes in, and you just breathe, and the thought comes in. It's a, it, you know, it's a great recipe. And yet, it's so difficult to act 
Shakespeare well. It well, really is. I think I think people, myself included, so many people fall into that. Oh, it's a different language. It's not a different language. It's a heightened language. The stakes are higher. It's a renaissance of words, and when you when we put these words, for instance, into our extensive education program, we deal with kids who are juvenile delinquents, and they're sentenced to Shakespeare. And we start to rehearse a play. At the beginning, they think we're not doing this. This is, and they, you know, they're really dissing the directors mm-hmm. and uh, very disrespectful. But by the end of it, they are in tears, and they're saying, "To be or not to be," and they're really talking about living or dying. Tony Simone, artistic hey. director. I'll bring a chair up for you. Yeah, we t- you talk about education and, and training. When you think about it, learning is often facilitated by teaching. And so the two of them, I am assuming, go hand in hand here. Well, one of the things that was really important to all of us was that, you know, when we began, is that you just couldn't come here to act. And so the idea was, because we were trying to create a new way of working, was that everybody was involved in the creation of the work. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, when you stepped on stage as an actor, you were really emboldened by the fact that you had been through the process. Mm-hmm. You had helped see what created this aspect and that as- aspect of the work, how breath and movement were engaged with the subconscious of, of the language as well. And so that we also also had to be mentors to each other, creating a way to survive. Because realistically, you know, you couldn't just be here and kind of hang out. You had to find a way to continue to contribute. Some of us went away to work and then came back and taught. Others stayed here, taught in the community. And that was really the cycle that really then made a difference. Some people stayed here and didn't teach, but they did other things. In a sense, like Elizabeth and some of the other artist managers said, oh, you know what I'm really good at? I'm really good at, at this. So that, you, know, you couldn't expect everybody to be in a laboratory or classroom. Some people were really good with a hammer and a saw. Yeah. I think we're hearing a bit of that in the back. Yeah. That's right. And yeah. so that's what they were doing. Is like those people were, were good designers. Yeah, it's, and it sounds like to a commu- the community, you're bringing the talents that you have so that everyone can benefit. That was really the important part. We always talked about that we were not just a festival's theater, that you know, we weren't kind of just kind of pitch our tent, do a play, and then leave. We were making a commitment to a different kind of theatrical thought. And that thought meant that you know we had to go deeper into the work artistically, not only about what was presented to the audience, but what instinctively was internal for the artist to understand about themselves. And that was harder to do in the city because so many things were always operating on people. The, the noise, the energy of a city, and so many great theater companies have really started in very obscure places. Eventually they moved to the media centers, but their beginnings, the kind of like grassroots work happens in the country. For many of us that were living in the city, coming to the Berkshires was like a great blessing. You talk uh, in your mission statement about plays demanding we take ourselves out into social and political fields. So again, that is quite striking. You are, what, suggesting that people who participate here have an obligation to take what they've learned and help the community at large benefit from it? Right, because the idea is, and we were just talking about this the other day, is that theater in its very beginning state was a way of bringing an entire community together to learn about itself. The ancient Greeks brought people together to, in those very early stories, to show who they were as human beings, how spirit and and humanity worked together to form a society. Mm -hmm. We take it for granted today. 
But Shakespeare then took the classical idea of those stories, brought them in, gave them a new voice in the Elizabethan period. And what we're doing today is, in a sense, is what I hope is a renaissance of the 21st century, is that what we're doing is we're taking the classical and really the neoclassical look as well now in our own generation of, of artists here and saying, well, what does it mean now to us? And the political, spiritual nature of who we are as human beings is so very important because, again, we're doing theater that hopefully makes a difference in the artist's life, the audience life. Those people take it back into their community and that reverberation echoes generationally from top to bottom. But look at the miserable state of politics right now. Right. Well, so you've got a lot of work yeah. ahead of you. Well, the one thing, and that's what we're really looking at right now. We talked all day about this with Brecht and with Mother Courage. One of the youngest members of the company said, but if this story in a way seems hopeless, what does that say at the end of the play? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, the lesson always is, this is what can happen. That's right. It's like tragedy, watching people get slaughtered on stage and... Right. Goodness gracious, thanks. It's not happening in my Stop own life. This. That's yeah. right. That's if right. we Stop do this, this. <laughs> that'll happen. That's right. And so Shakespeare right. tells those great stories. Yeah, ambition and, right. you know, Macbeth and look what happens. Right. Yeah. Learn... right from the top to bottom, the tragedies to the comedies, Absolutely. there is always an element of danger in his plays. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's really in the way of what for my generation, and I'm sure for you as well, is when you look at the early Walt Disney pictures, what you were looking at was even from the cartoon state, there was always danger. Yeah, there was at some Always anvil that was going to hit an anvil in the head. Whether it was that or, or was it was Bambi, mother, <laughs> yes. you know, right? All of yeah. that. Yeah. So the reality is, is that that's what really, that essence of the life and death struggle from comedy to tragedy is always... I think has to be within the story so it just isn't become kind of frivolous entertainment yeah. and not that there isn't anything wrong with sometimes doing something yeah. which is just silly and stupid and witty and, and funny right and yeah. you know or and occasionally just what's the word kind of when you deal with like a wry sense of humor yeah you know but what we're looking at now is within that mission is that we're not doing just that kind of theater mm -hmm. we're doing theater that really we hope makes a difference because we cannot stop you know, looking at who our leaders are, who we are, how we're evolving as, as a race of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, re reality is, is that this is still an experiment, Yeah. right? I mean, we're growing as an, ex as an experiment on this earth. We don't know where, where this leads. And yet, yeah, right? and we're yet still. we talk about 2,000 years ago, the, the, the kind of human nature challenges haven't changed a whole hell of a no. lot, have they? No. no, they really haven't. And that's why when you Absolutely. look at what Brecht wrote, in 1939, so here we are 60 years after that mm. play, when he was writing about World War II, mm. yet he wrote about a war that was in the 1600s, just after, in a sense, Shakespeare's death, mm. right? And which just decimated all of Europe for more than 30 years, thousands and thousands of people that died. In a way, through Shakespeare and through these other plays that you develop, you are trying to bring the most important lessons of history to the present so that it can make a difference. Right, and that's one reason why I've committed the company over the next five to six years to do the histories. Yeah. We've never tackled Shakespeare's histories yeah. before as a kind of all as an ongoing project. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we're actually looking at new work that actually talks about American history. Mm -hmm. Issues that happened in America, like Kaufman's Barbershop, brand new play, that deals with the, the Jews assimilating in a Syracuse, New York, right after World War I. We're trying to take plays that really deal with American 
culture and American high points or low points of political and cultural uh, upheavals and put those against Shakespeare in a way so that we understand how he was talking about you know, his people and his history. Mm. How are we discussing our history and uh, what's happened to us? And I think we need to be able to see that. So it's not just always kitchen sink drama. You know, it's not like, gee, will he get the girl? Will she leave him? You know, all of that. <laughs> it really is a much larger issue. And in amongst that, though, it's got to be entertaining. Tom Stoppard, we're doing Heroes, which I, I saw it the other night. I laughed so hard, I had tears coming yeah. down. And that is just an all-out comedy, but it has so much heart. And at, at the, the end, it's such a beautiful story of these th- three men on very different journeys. Well, and post-traumatic stress. I mean, he wasn't writing a post-traumatic stress syndrome play, but that's, that's what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Here it, are these guys that were in the Great War who really suffered, and now they're left alone at the end of their lives, mm-hmm. and what do they have? Uh, we're doing Martin McDonough's The Beauty Queen of Lenan, which is a very deep familial drama, I guess. It's a dark Irish comedy. But Tony has brought in uh, Parasite Drag last year, which is a, a new play. They're risky plays to do, right. but... Really, what you want is an audience who thrives on being challenged. That's right. Because, you know what, if you want to go to another theater and see, you know, No Sex, Please, We're British, mm-hmm. that's great. We have some of those entertainments throughout the year when we're not catering to our primary audience. But even when we tackle something... That seemed like Sherlock Holmes, uh, The Hound of the Baskervilles. We really go at it from a place where we never forget who we are because it's really always looking for that Shakespeare and Company edge where we talk to the audience, where we invite them into the experience to share it with us. And, and when you do that, the conversation usually comes out in a way that is truly extraordinary. Just uh, in wrapping up, you ask some questions again in your mission and your raison d'etre. There's three key ones. What does it mean to be alive? So I'm going to ask you that. What right. does it mean to be alive? Based on your experience with Shakespeare and company over the years. What does it mean? Well, I think the one thing, too, is that everybody answers the question differently mm-hmm. because we're all at different places in our lives. Yeah. I just spoke to... For a, you? Yeah. For me personally, well, to the, how, this, how I answer is two ways. When I was in college, we were just having this conversation today because of the young man that asked the question about Mother Courage. And I said to Olympia, I said, you know, I remember when we were in class at at NYU, what you said is, Tony, I'm just a little farther down the road than you are. And in a way, that's what we've developed as a company is to the consciousness of where the artist is, is really important because their life's journey is where they are. And so for me, especially after the last three years of coming through a battle with cancer, is like, what it means to me is do it now. One of my sisters said when she was actually dying, she said, Tony, I put my face into the wind and I go forward. And to me, it's like, I realize that now my clock is ticking a lot differently than others, much differently than Elizabeth's. I mean... Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it's it's like it is about life is, is ending. I've seen and been in the pain of where I thought I was going to pass away. But on the, on the flip side, on the positive side, look where you are. That's right. Look and what so, you've done. And this art mm-hmm. supports that. Yeah. The art supports the journey to allow you to kind of see something and then come back to my craft and go, I feel so blessed. To be able to step in the room and say this language, mm-hmm. have the experience of the actors... And, and work with a great staff here and in a wonderful place in the country. Yeah. So, and to be surrounded by the language of such great masters. You know, that's the thing is that the language and the art itself holds one. 
And that's what the, I think, going back to the beginning of what the Greeks and in the Renaissance were telling us is that the theater represents, you know, the essence of, of, of a healing for humanity. So what does it mean to be alive? It means to find that, that deeper consciousness of where art can take us, who we are as human beings. And whatever the journey is, is to keep your eyes open. What about you, Elizabeth? I was sitting outside this afternoon with this play, Heavy, 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 The Beauty Queen of Linan, and I thought, if I don't slip my wrists at the end of the play or become an alcoholic, I'll be having a good right. summer. It's dark. Mm. Funny, but dark. And there's a part in the play where I was reading, I'm thinking, why tonight? Why is it tonight that she decides to, to get the dress and go on the date? Why is tonight so important? Why didn't she do it with the, the other two men that she could have had a relationship? What is it? What puts, puts her over the edge? And I started reading, when I learned my lines, Nigel, I read them out loud. I can make sense of them more, and they sink in more. And I was reading this, and I, and I said to my mother, one of the lines is I say, isn't it enough that I've spent the last 20 years of my life, every day, picking up after you, and here's the one thing I ask you to do, the one thing, and you can't do it. And I think, my God, it's tonight. She has to act tonight, because if she doesn't act tonight, she'll kill herself. It's, it's being immersed in the language and being in this communication with the actor, with the audience, and, and finding out about myself as an actor, and knowing, okay, this is it. Doing it now? Is that, I mean, is it the same message you're getting across here? It's, for me, the message is, it's living in the moment. I mean, I'm always saying to my friends and family, seize the day. Mm. Look at what we can have right now. Live every Do day it. of your life. Yeah. Live every day. Take time, and sometimes things get absolutely crazy here. Mm. Being an artist manager, Tony's directing. He's the president. He's... He's fundraising. He's but you know an what? Actor. You're sorry. You're engaged and you're it, active exactly. and you're busy because you've found what it is that makes you that's feel right. alive, and that's, that's right. a gift too. One thing we talk about and sometimes, sure. and the one that we talk about in the, in the class is what's the need to speak. And mm -hmm. what you find here is within that, even that question is the need to speak. What's what is your story? What do you need to say in your life? Because we all come from such incredible backgrounds, and each of us brings that story, and that story must be told. I mean, the word tragedy is is to sing, right in Greek, and so it means to sing. And in a sense, we each sing our song. But so many people don't know what their damn song is. Exactly. I know, well, but that's the thing of what we do with the, the training and the work is, is we really try to get to that place to say, look, it's okay to say it. And the flaws you have and the mistakes you make and yeah. everything you do, this is the place to be able to do that because it's the trial and error of life that allows us to create the great art that we do. And at Shakespeare and Company, I've been allowed to fail brilliantly time and time again and succeed brilliantly because of the the type of work that we do and the relationships we have and and being an artist manager as tony was saying earlier you know we we own the work that we can we can speak firsthand right. about the work and what it is well, just to finish with the, the two two other questions that you ask one is how should we act and what must we do i'll leave that for the listener to engage with themselves well, that that is that's the um, thing that the plays are never complete you know and the experience of the theater is never complete you should never feel like it's done yeah but it should be almost an impetus when you get out of play, it's the commencement. To, it's to the go, yes. you know, right. uh, to act on what you've 
learn from. And you will then, throughout the course of your life, and that's the great thing for the theater, is you come back to a role when you're in your 20s, in your 40s, in your 60s, and you're constantly rediscovering it. And fortunately, Shakespeare gives us that opportunity because the language is so deep. Yeah. It continually holds us as human beings and artists. Thanks so much for... Hey, I'm uh, glad I could get you. I'm being, glad I got uh, being with us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank My you, pleasure, Nigel. It's a pleasure Great. being on your program. Lovely. And we're located again in Lenox, In Lenox, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Visit uh, Shakespeare.org, Shakespeare.org for information and schedules, and we operate year-round. Come and see us. It's just a stone's throw from O Canada, my home and native land. Yes. Very good. All <laughs> right. Thanks again. Thank okay. you. Thank you.